Get in, loser! We're going to- Adventuring! Lake City is experiencing what scientists are describing as a gray goo event. Residents are advised to calmly make their way to the evacuation stations. All major map programs have been updated to route you automatically. Although the runaway nanotechnology is only expanding at less than a walking pace, it is completely immune to conventional weapons. Wait, we are being told that a, a, a convoy of infected machines has launched from the main body. It is headed in a straight line toward Hill Air Force Base. What is that? Was that a tech nuke? Are, are we still transmitting? Ladies and gentlemen, our hardened electronic equipment is holding up. This is an unconfirmed report that a tactical nuclear weapon was deployed against the column of nanobots advancing through Ogden. It is unknown whether or not the attack was effective. We are recording. Welcome to Get It Loser, We're Going Adventuring. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm some guy, Joe Shiloh. What, we're doing last names now? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with that. Anyway, this is episode one. Do over! Morgan! <laughs> this is episode one of our podcast where we get a hold of a buddy of ours and check out! Them play a game with us. Uh, in our first episode here, this is the origin stories, and so we will have just the two of us establishing the world, some of which you just heard. Hi, Joe. I didn't hear anything. I know. That's because we haven't recorded it yet, but through the magic of the internet and of sound mixing, we're going to make that happen. I'm not entirely comfortable with this. You helped write the script. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird and scary. I, uh, I actually agree with that latter part. Like, I've never gamed with actual, you know, recording going on. All right, so let, I would like to start setting the scene, all right? It's been six months since uh, the, Grey Goo, the Salt Lake City Grey Goo event. And uh, Joe will be playing two characters, because I think that's kind of a cool idea. Uh, he will be playing uh, Lieutenant Colonel Chevik Doranche. Did I pronounce Dor that right? Doranche. Doranche. Thank you. Uh, it goes by Charles. Thank you. And Dr. Trip Havman the Fourth, uh, who will be known eventually by their various comic book names, but we haven't gotten that far yet. Although I think Havman being the man spreader is pretty much there. Yes, absolutely. All right. The scene opens six months after the Grey Goo event. Charles has been through terrible, terrible things. He was uh, brutally injured during the uh, event itself. Uh, he was also infected by nanites. As a result of this, uh, he went through a $6 million man surgery and is now more machine than man, hopefully not too twisted and evil. Uh, and after several, uh, after a few months of physical therapy, it was decided by his highly competent uh, psychologist that, he, that a person like uh, a lieutenant colonel would be better off working to try to sort through their issues than sort of hanging out at a hospital feeling bad for themselves. And so you, uh, and so Charles was assigned on a detached duty to a, uh, as yet unnamed, Homeland Security new uh, office or bureau that handles uh, 
this handles unusual threats such as the one that ate Salt Lake City. A tactical force. More of an investigative force. Or just handling things. The world is different now than it used to be. Right. We're, we're still trying to get a sense of what the hell is going on. Exactly. That, 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 that is the idea that we're, that we're going into. And so, and, and this has been explained to, uh, uh, to Charles. Mm-hmm. And he's been assigned. And we, oh, so, oh, by the way, we did not do this. I super want Charles to own a C-130 or to have like full access to a C-130. Well, that's why I gave him uh, level five, which is the highest um, access Excellent. as a perk. Yes. yes. So he basically has like, uh, well, access. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has authority to say, "Well, I need this, and yeah. I have the rank for it, and therefore, please give it to me." Right. Excellent. Now, again, I would I would assume that it's not like a carte blanche, but you know, within reason, he can pretty much accommodate and uh, appropriate yes necessary equipment. Sure. And then, I, I'm, what what vessel would you like to have sort of default assigned to Charles? Uh, I would assume just some kind of a, a ground transport, like a Humvee type thing. Uh, I meant for for air air transport, like oh, air transport uh, helicopter. Absolutely. <laughs> a relatively strong one that can carry a, what's it, how much does he weigh now? 550 pounds. Oh, that's not too bad. It's just two people. That's not bad. All right. All these, all these new, uh, these new alloys. They're so yes. much more, they're so much stronger for weight, weight strength. It's mimetic alloy. <laughs> Liquid metal. No, it's not. It's not, but it's a good line. Yeah. All right. Can you, so can you describe to me as he's walking into, into this government office, uh, what Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Chevik, Darren Che looks like. Well, he is uh, he's Turkish American, mm-hmm. so he is you know he's been born in this country. He's had good American nutrition, so he doesn't look you know. Mm-hmm. As his family his family is he's not white. Yes, there we go. Um, but he's kind of that Mediterranean like question yeah. mark. Like a lot of insensitive people are going to say where where are you from? And he'll right, say exactly. I'm from upstate New York. Yes. Like, no, no, where, where are you right. from? I'm like I was born in Utica. You know, <laughs> no, no. Where, where are your family from? Well, my grandparents were also born in Utica. You know, it, yes. Where exactly. you know they, they want to know, are you Turkish? You know, right? Exactly. So uh, he's, he's clean shaven, short hair. Uh, well, he doesn't have hair anymore. That's the thing. That's it. He, uh, again, it's like most of his head is metal or okay. derma skin, mm-hmm. and he still has some face left. Well, most was, of his face, right? Yeah, most of his face. I was thinking kind of like a RoboCop. Where if you look at him straight on, right, there's skin, but then he starts to turn his head a little to the side, and it's obviously been stretched over some kind of a metal frame, right. And there's circuits back there, right. Um, he does have you know all of his organs remaining. Okay. Stupid um, humans and their organs. <laughs> squishy, squishy, really bits. Squilly boots. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but his uh, his his body is you know half metal. And half okay. the, what I've been calling derma skin, which is some kind of synthetic uh, skin, which is uh, you know, like a, a, a you know, just a navy blue, just obviously not you know not normal colored because I took I took a complication of distinctive features. Well, it's also awesome. not concealable. Yes, noticed by commonly used senses. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's typically you know he's typically wearing you know just kind of your 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 Air Force casual you know your camo uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. general purpose. Fatigues looking outfit. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he, and he's he's been a he's a career military guy. So he's kind of walking through the complex, mm-hmm. but he knows where he's supposed to be going. Outstanding. Saluting people he needs to salute, nodding politely to the people saluting him. He needs no one. He needs to salute no one. For this is a civilian org. 
So he can nod politely, relentlessly. Okay. Uh, obviously, he gets a lot of stares, but it's very clear they were told he was coming, and and they were told to be cool. Basically. So this is this is a like an office building, or yeah, this is a a somewhat reasonably high security office building. Okay. Uh, the, the thing that's strange about it is that it is in like rural Utah, which when you think about it, given that something bad just happened, Salt Lake City is not quite as strange as you might think. Seems seems legit. Yeah, it, 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 it seems like an appropriate field office for someone dealing with weird shit. But the, there's not much of a town around, and it's, you know, it's got kind of a Los Alamos feel to it. Cool. So he's asked to meet with, with, uh, with someone who is named Professor Akbar, uh, and I, I cannot express to you how utterly astonishing this is. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Lieutenant Colonel opens the door, and there standing is a fully animated, highly functioning Admiral Akbar cosplay person where it like when he talks his mouth moves and like he blinks as though like like and, and you've seen ah! the movie <laughs> yeah. right right and yes. you've seen these movies it's it's like two or three steps beyond yeah how good the movies are and it's like live action completely happening yeah. and just and when and there's just no warning for this just yeah. boom <laughs> so he he is a trained military individual and he's yes. already seen some weird stuff Yes. But he's still affected by this. So it's kind of like he, he does the poker face. Yes. But, you know, internally he's like, the f***. Fair enough. Yeah. And, he's uh, like, mm -hmm. are, uh, you know, he'll say, I, I presume you're Professor Akbar. Somehow this Frank Oz looking face, like, sort of smiles a little bit and says, you presume correctly. You were not the only person affected strangely by these events. I I am well aware that there uh, was a wide wide array of, of effects of this. So uh, I'm, I'm I look forward to serving uh, in any way I can. Lieutenant Colonel, I'm very grateful for this. May, may I call you Charles? Pause. Yes, you may. All right, please sit down and, and help yourself to some refreshments. And again, like he holds his hand out to like indicate a chair, like a yeah. person would. Except that, like in the movies, right, it's a little bit of a foam rubber thing, so it kind of wiggles. Yeah. With him, it, it is straight up like he has a red flipper hand combo thing that he obviously just makes work all the time. <laughs> I am internally grateful that he did not look to sh go to shake my hand. Uh, I don't you know, know if I. I don't know if I'd. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come we'll to, go it. to it. <laughs> well, I, between the dermis skin on your hand and the, like, <laughs> nobody wins on this one. I think. <laughs> and once once like the sheer depth of the astonishment has worn off, you mm -hmm. also notice that sitting in another chair next next to you, like because now you're going to sit like on a couple of couches and a chair surrounding a nice table, right? Okay. Uh, is um the well this other character? Can you describe uh, Doctor Havman to us? Oh, so yeah, so Dr. Havman is a uh, youngish, you know, late 20s, uh, you know, white individual. Mm -hmm. uh, very, uh, I guess we've been, we've, been, we've been referring to him as a, as a lacrosse bro. Yes. You know, he's got that perpetual 5 o'clock shadow that is meticulously groomed to look casual, but it's clearly not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, long hair, kind of slicked back, and kind of a, a weird, annoying fraternity bro looking hairdo. I love, I love that East Coast slick back hair. I don't know why they do it. I don't. I know nobody else does it. It's, it's awesome. Exactly. 
And so he's obviously, he's clearly a very casual guy. Like, just kind of, you know, he's, he's sitting with his legs just everywhere. Obviously taking up way more space than he should. Um, you know, he's on, he's on the couch. Right, and it's, it's just his couch. a single chair would just not take all of him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's sitting on the couch in such a way that no one else would be able to sit on the couch without making him move. Right. And no one else feels like making him move. And uh, I think we've decided that he just looks not right. Like right, there's like, just something non-Euclidean about his face. <laughs> I, I want to stay with there that there's just something non-Euclidean about that man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like the more you the more you actually look at him, the less certain you are of his features. You know, the more I look at this guy, the more I'm absolutely sure that a parallel set of parallel lines will eventually meet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just staring at him makes me doubt the fabric of reality. That's right. I, there has to be some kind of minimum distance that could never went. <laughs> right. Thank you. Excellent. All right. So we're going to do a three-way conversation here, uh, and you're going to run two of them, which is the opposite of how most GM things go. But what the hell? It's a good time. And then, exactly. uh, and so we're going to hopefully find our voices uh, for Charles and uh, for Trip Havman, and for uh, Professor Akbar. So uh, Professor Akbar sits you down, and he says. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you already know this, but the world is stranger than it used to be. And he, he just waits for the two of you to have Charles, some kind of response to that. Charles says nothing. He just kind of, he's waiting for the next sentence. Okay. Um, Dr. Havman is like, he just kind of nods and he kind of does that, chaw. <laughs> right. Like, thank you for paying attention. I'm glad, we're on this. I'm, I'm glad you're on step one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I'm talking to a squid. Thank you for following along at home. <laughs> I don't think I'll lose you if I say that the assumptions underlying the Westphalian state have been violated. Which is a very academic way to put it, but it's hard to explain how large these changes are. Yeah, Dr. Hadman's like, I got you, bro. Excellent. Charles is just like, whatever. Just, I'm right. sure I can look it up later. <laughs> sure I don't care. You. You, you seem smart. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it as a given and, and let's get to the point. The three of us have, through our own efforts, come to a place where we have made peace with the changes that have come to our lives for Guriel. And we, there may be more and there may be more changes to make, but... We have a foot in each world, the, this new weird world and the, the world that came before this. We are, well, we're Generation Xers. We remember a time before the internet. <laughs> the before time, the long, long ago. <laughs> when people did not know things and it was hard <laughs> to get porn. <laughs> Somehow we, we made it through our lives. It's hard to remember sometimes. Eighth graders staggering down the hallway because they spent the last night watching Scrambled Skinamax. <laughs> Terrible. Professor Akbar continues, we need people who will de-escalate bad situations. I mean that, uh, I'm still trying his voice. Like, I, I got a little, little growl there, but that's it fine. tries to drift into Chicago, and that's not appropriate. <laughs> Penguin, also not correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what I need, what I need, what the country needs, what humanity needs is sensible men. And then like out of nowhere, just like it says men and it, and like the, just this, this skinny bearded guy with like kind of glasses and, and okay hair, like, like, like overdue for a haircut t-shirt, like old shorts, just goes up, just, just appears and goes, you know, um, actually it's not all men. And then Fucking disappears, just gone. What the hell was that? And like, so, so even, even Akbar is just not, is not okay with that. That was just utterly just insane. So he, he, he looks at you and despite his squid eyes, like you can see like in a very like like one to one connection level, like did that actually just happen? And actually Dr. Havman like literally says that. It's like, did I just stroke off there for a minute? Or did a dude just show up randomly and disappear? Did it Did a dude show up randomly and drop an internet meme? <laughs> like Is, the is hell? that a is that a thing people do? So who says that? Which one of the two? Dr. Havman. Of course. <laughs> the thing people do. <laughs> and uh, so Akbar actually looks at uh, Chevik to let him like add, add a phrase or something. Like his turn. Like, because that was f***ed up and he gets to say something. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, Charles is clearly unnerved. Okay. Yeah, in fact, he's, he might even be kind of like tense like combat stance like what the hell because does he actually stand up because that would be the completely reasonable thing to do yes okay so he stands up and like looks around like yeah lieutenant you know is just like what's going on here what was that akbar like sighs and looks like like not really defeated but very tired and he says i think this is our life now but what was that you, you can support me on this, Dr. Havman, but I think some guy heard something I said, thought it was an excessive generalization, appeared to correct the record, and then disappeared. <laughs> Dr. Havman stands up and says to the air, I really hate it when men do that. Wait a minute. That's too good. And okay, literal. Okay, I got it. I got it. Like, how did? Okay, there we go. Like again, there's like this like rush of air, but you don't actually see a person this time. It's just in and out really quick, but definitely like the same feeling of like this movement of air back and forth. And there is a a business card on the table. <laughs> Right, and I want to I want to give like that uh, that Havman sees this a lot better, right? Because he's yeah. he's a little he's a, he's a little time sensitive, yes. right? So like for him, like okay, there's a person that just appeared from nowhere and did not mean any of us any harm, <laughs> but was definitely present for that conversation. <laughs> dropped off a business card and left, and the business card says, hashtag, not all men. <laughs> So apparently he just had some available. <laughs> Potentially, that was, that or, was the uh, thing that, that that was available to him was to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, 
My name is Kit Kat. This is not a dream. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it, if, you, if you've got that frame of mind, that, that will get you far. <laughs> There's just this pause. And then Professor Akbar reaches over, pours a big glass of water, and just drinks it with his f***ing squid face. <laughs> so, so this isn't a dude in a mask. <laughs> You know, it is basically impossible to support that hypothesis. Like, this is not an affectation. Like, yeah. th this person is somehow a squid face. Yeah. And squid hands, at least. And wearing, like, a suit over a Star Wars costume of some sort. Like, it's, yeah. Like a, I think he's got, like, a, he's got, like the Star Wars, like, they have that, that little, like, you know, Navy-looking costume. He's got, like, a, a yes. jacket over it and a pair yeah. of trousers. There is a pause. As all three of you, two things happen. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, like, all three of you just absorb how profoundly weird that was, right? right? And how just, yeah. And secondly, there's just this sense that you're glad somebody else who was good for it was also present. Right, this is not something you want to see alone in your house and wonder if you're going crazy. Yeah, it was almost like, I guess we should hang, right? Because yeah. <laughs> no one else will believe me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything either of you want to add before Akbar tries to go on? No, no, we're good. Um, well, you know, Dr. Havman will say something like, oh, I was trying to see if that would work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Charles will just sit down. Yes. I believe that I'm, I'm going to roll with this. I believe <laughs> that that illustrates the centrality of our new lie, our new mission, which is to investigate and understand these things in a way that will allow us to live with them and will allow us to integrate our new understanding of what the universe actually is. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm here to help my country and I am here to do whatever I can to assist in this mission. So uh, Akbar gives him a look because that's a, that's a little it's a little too pat, right? Uh, but sort of he's a, a career a, military guy. Yeah, pat yeah. is his life. Oh, that's it. Well, and there's he has a look on his, his ex-wife who's now named Patricia. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm trying to think of I was actually trying to think of a name for her. I think I'm going to go with like an Emily or a Emma yeah. or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think Jennifer, uh, most of our generation is named Jennifer, so you could go with that. Uh, maybe. Yeah. It's like if you if you call out to the world, hey Mike, Chris, like you'll you'll get like a good twenty thirty percent of us to turn around. Uh, so let's see. Uh, yes, yeah. Google. What's <laughs> this popular? Is good. This is good radio right here. Girls' names, nineteen ninety. You know what we're doing is we're allowing the audience to recover from the sudden appearance and disappearance exactly. of Nautilus Man. And I, I'm okay. Uh, with that. The number one most popular name in nineteen ninety for girls was Jessica. Jessica, that's a fine name. Ja Ashley, Brittany, Amanda, Samantha, Sarah, Stephanie, Jennifer was number eight. All right. Uh, we are going to go with Nicole, Excellent. which is number 13, lucky 13. So what you're saying is that Charles is emotionally unavailable to his colleagues. 
also his spouse. Very much so. Okay. That, that probably led to the divorce. <laughs> you were never home. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I, I was working. I was doing a thing. I don't That's know what to tell you. Yeah. Kind of what being in the military does. Yes. Especially someone as good at things as he is. Yeah. Okay. And then um, plus he's mechanical in bed. Zing. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all the week. The eight o'clock show is completely different from the two thirty show. I'll show myself out. Remember, folks, if your kids get the joke, it's not our fault. <laughs> all right, and then and then Trip is kind of hanging out. So I also want to remind you that we we did buy, and this is a system statement, we, we bought um, Danger Sense for Trip. So it is entirely possible that he was just like, nope, that's not dangerous. I'm not going to worry about it. Right. Like, he, he knew this was going to happen, and he knew it wouldn't be dangerous, and therefore, like, it's not like he's inviting a villain into... Right. You know, he's not, he's not walking into a trap. Right. Despite I mean, the fact that he's hanging out with Admiral Akbar. All right. Um... All of you kind of sit, like, you know, Buffy the Vampire style ending scene level, like sitting silently drinking something in response to something terrible that just happened, right? And after after a couple of minutes, Akbar kind of regains his equilibrium. And he says, all right, uh, there was something I had actually hoped the two of you could look into. There have been a series of unexplained deaths in San Francisco proper. Uh, and uh, particularly unexplained deaths of, of, of homeless people. And as you know, the last six months, despite all the stock market ups and downs and everything else, uh, the, there is still a housing crisis in some places, and San Francisco is still one of those places. And so um, I, it, was, it is strange enough, the, the, the quality of what happened is strange enough, that I, requ that I requested that we be included in the investigation, and that request was approved. Uh, there is a C-130 transport, which I believe is at your disposal, Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, load up anything you think might be useful. They'll keep it for you on the base or at the airport, whichever one you choose to land at. And we can go from there. Okay. Are we going to get a dossier on this information? Uh, Akbar, Akbar uh, waves towards his desk where there is a dossier. And the way he waves is sort of a... You know, I had a plan for this, and then this dude teleported into my office, and so it kind of threw me off. But yes, of course, I was prepared for this meeting, right? Okay. Uh, and so uh, he gets up and, hand, and hands each of you a dossier. Uh, it, it's about, it's 10 people have died, which is not insane, right? But it's a thing that happened, and they're homeless people. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's not winter, right? And in San Francisco, it doesn't get super mm -hmm. cold. And the manner in which they died, it seemed like, it seemed like they like either aged super quickly or like did a shit ton of meth or like just their life force was just not present. Like they just, they, they, they ate something like that happened. And that was weird enough that it kind of kicked up the chain. Okay. And then there's a, a couple of addresses where they found them. And then uh, one, one of the places they found them is a, is basically a crack house, right? A drug mm -hmm. house. Uh, and it's been taped off. So it's available for you to uh, go visit and look at. Okay. And that's basically it. Uh, and, and now this is, your, this is your chance to kind of walk through how you move to the logistics of moving these two people from place to place. Well, we'll obviously take the C-130. Excellent. Uh, we'll load it up with a ground vehicle. 
Okay. So that we can just, you know, we don't have to worry about appropriating something that's that's there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll take like an actual civilian vehicle, like a, you know, a Toyota Corolla type thing. And, How does, uh, um, I mean, Charles is heavy. How does he treat cars? Um, gently. <laughs> He's a lieutenant colonel, so he might not actually have to drive himself. Right. Um, he was stationed in the West. I don't know. I haven't really decided if he's like in Colorado or Utah or whatever. I mean, the, obviously the Air Force Academy is in Colorado, but I'm not well acquainted where all the Air Force bases are. I have but to look, think, and I don't know this, um, yeah. there is a basic military utility vehicle that's a little smaller than a Humvee, right? It's, so, it's about yes. Jeeps and stuff. It's yeah, essentially so. a, a, an SUV type thing. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll say SUV type thing. And then and like an actual Humvee that's uh, like like not... Obviously not a Hummer, but like a, like a legit Humvee. Right, like a mil military vehicle. That he's yeah. Access to. yeah. And then, yes. uh, you know, just uh, medical supplies and, you know, a random appropriate cache of weaponry. Sounds good. Um, you know, pistols and rifles and... Small arms. Yeah, small arms. Excellent. Grenades, flashbangs, uh, stuff like that. What would, man's, what would uh, Trip Man want to bring? Well, Trip Man, uh, I'm looking at his skills because you wrote him up. I did, and we can we can we can give him an investigation skill since we left some space for what we yeah, need. Yeah, that that'll that'll have to be his his deal. Mm -hmm. uh, he could certainly have have boned up on on how to conduct proper investigations in the you past said six months. Bone. I did say boned. Okay, so he was yeah, sitting he, on the couch with his legs spread. <laughs> so he could. I'm mm -hmm. looking, looking for some stuff here. Yeah, so he doesn't really have any combat skills per se. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, we could say he's you know obviously every you know, everybody's got kind of just familiarity with weapons and, and champs, but uh, mm -hmm. well, he, he's a he's an amateur athlete, right? Like he's right. he's in pretty good physical condition. He, right. he knows how to swing a stick and hit something. He plays lacrosse, right? I guess the question would be with with his stretching is mm -hmm. that would there be a combat advantage to him having uh, some kind of a hand to hand weapon? Like brass um, knuckles or something like that. Brass knuckles certainly, right? That way, he doesn't yeah. you know? Although he is his, his his general state of being is tough enough that it's not a huge difference. Yeah. Like oh. he can actually throw a punch as hard as he wants to without worrying about breaking his hand because he's got that kind of field around him. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll have like random like climbing gear and and uh, camping equipment and stuff like that. If, if Sounds that's good. We, we know that's we, don't know, we know what the hell we're gonna need. And then. Uh, any forensic stuff, or or you absolutely you rely on the okay. So you know, we'll take we'll take you know I would imagine there's kind of a standard yeah forensics kit yes. type thing we'll take, and obviously once once we get there, there will be actual competent uh, professionals in right. the field of forensics who can help us out. Sounds good. We can say hey, take take some of this blood or whatever. Right. All right. So what are you playing with in the background? Oh, I just have uh, nail clippers. Yeah, fair enough. You never know what's going to actually come through the microphone, you know. Yeah, my bad. It's all good. I'll put this down. It's fine. You, you caught me before we started recording. I, I, I do not have any moral high ground here. That's factually correct. All right. Sounds good. So uh, you load up. Uh, everything that you can, everything you're asking for can be trivially acquired uh, in, in, this, in this compound, uh, which uh, I will name at some point in the near future. Okay. Uh, but we're we're going to call it Los Alamitos for now. Okay. Because that's, that's got the right, you know, you know what? It's, it's Los Alamitos. I like that. It's Los Alamitos Field Office. <laughs> so on the uh, on the flight, yes. Uh, Charles is gonna, you know, they'll be sitting together. Is, yeah. is Charles actually flying? 
Or yeah, I would assume. Like, why would he not? Okay. All right. And, so he's and, flying. And, and in particular, I think he would find it very relaxing. I would assume so as well. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. And so, like, and, and so Trip is just like, hey, hey can I, uh, can I sit up in the co-pilot chair? Mm-hmm. He's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, just don't touch anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Trip's just chilling out. He's having a soda, mm-hmm. just enjoying being in a plane. This is cool. I've never been a yeah. pilot. All oh, this is awesome. Coley, too, cool bro. And uh, so, so then, uh, you know, Charles is like, so can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. And uh, Trip's like, yeah, sure, what's up? And he's like, you know, what is your deal? Right. And it, then, obviously, Trip explains. So basically, they, they during the, the trip, they exchange information, like what they're, so getting get a sense of what can you do, what can I do. Right. And so for the stuff. audience, let's do the quick summary. So like, what does Trip find out about Charles? Well, he finds out, obviously, he's a cyborg, and he's like ridiculously strong now, and he's ridiculously hard to kill. Right. Um, basically, Charles is like, I'm pretty sure I haven't tried it, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure you could shoot me full in the chest and bullets would bounce off of me. And Trip's like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, and Trip says, well, you know, my, my thing is uh, apparently I can uh, stretch my body quite a bit. And uh, Charles is like, all right, well, like, show me what you can do. That's it. Show me what you got. Yeah. And so he basically you know, he kind of holds out his hand and he kind of just starts to st- Stretch his hand, you know, right. kind of a, you know, Mr. Fantastic kind of yeah. hang. And, and Charles is kind of like, you know, part of him inside is like, what the hell good is that? Okay. Right. You made your hand bigger. You know, right. Woo. What the hell am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. But Charles, uh, or uh, uh, Tripp's like, oh, t- check this out. Right. This is the coolest thing, bro. Right. It, it is. Right. Yeah. Brah, check this out, brah. <laughs> So, meanwhile, Charles is thinking to himself, you know, why do my eyes hurt when I look at you? <laughs> <laughs> because, because Trip is not explaining all the other stuff that's going on exactly. as well. That's exactly. great. You know, does he say that? Is he like, dude, no. like my eyes hurt when I look at you? What's no, no, because he, he's, he's polite enough. Right. And, uh, and he obviously doesn't want to ask rude questions of Trip because he doesn't feel like being asked rude questions in return. And he can Fair at enough. least keep the moral high ground as we've been doing. <laughs> To say, hey, that's personal, mm-hmm. you know, blah blah blah. But uh, so, but Charles will say, you know, so, so what is your is your body always stretching? Is it always moving? Because it seems like your body is always moving. Right. Trip's like, well, yeah, that's the weird thing. And he's got that kind of like conspiratorial. Like, there's nobody else on the plane. Right. But he kind of lowers his voice, like, I'm being cool. Right. And I'm telling you a secret. And he's like, I can see through time. Aww. <laughs> and, and Charles is like, what the hell do you mean you can see through time? Like, you're, you're psychic? He's like, nah. Like, my body is moving through time, including my eyes. <laughs> Charles, and at this point, Charles is regretting asking the question. Right, right. <laughs> nice. And so, but, but, but Trip is just completely pleased with himself. Like, this is just, like, he's 10 yeah. years old when he was wishing he was a superhero, and now he is. You know, that's very true. And, like, there's been almost no negative side effects for him. He's just, right. has a cool life now. Does he actually have complications? I, I didn't see any. We didn't write him up yet. Okay. His complications is a douchebag. 
that was they're mostly mostly psychological but <laughs> social, he also social complication and then kind what, of a dick what they don't uh what people don't know about it, he's also a weirdness magnet yeah like because of because he's unstuck in time a little bit right right just just strange things show up and, and cause him problems right so he, he is the uh to some degree he's the adventure hook you're right right that i'll just i'll just hang stuff off of fair enough all right, uh, uh, it's a relatively uneventful flight, and, and it's actually the um, the routine, pleasurable nature of the flight is is, is very grounding, ironically, yes. for Charles. It's soothing to him. Yeah, it, it, this is something he's good at. He likes to do it. it. It's valuable, and this was a nice example of how useful all that goes, and it's fun to do. Right. And then the two of you land. I think there's a military section in the. Uh, there will be by then anyway. There's a military section in the San Francisco airport. Uh, you, you land. You know. Okay. They they divert things a little bit so you can land easily. It's within their capacity to handle, and then you are met uh, on a tarmac by a um, San Francisco Police Department detective who's, who's waiting for you up. And uh, who gets off first? Out of curiosity. Oh, it's got to uh, be a man spreader. Oh, man spreader, of course, because he's yeah. you know first in line. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's not flying thing, but also yeah. So he gets off, and like uh, and uh, the um, the detective who's you know, wearing like a regular gray suit and is an, uh, like a average looking mid thirties Asian look Asian guy, right? Uh, it's like okay, that a dude just got off, and then and then like carefully stepping so as not to injure the the staircase, right? Mm -hmm. Because Charles and the detective is like tr is keeping a pretty good poker face, but it is very obvious that you know like what <laughs> the actual shit. Yeah, and this is very troubling to Charles because he's still he's still really not comfortable, one hundred percent. And it really bothers him that people react to him this way. Like, uh, does he show that in any way? Or no, or no, he internalizes it like like everything in his life, and that's why he got divorced. Uh, he just doesn't communicate, and uh, you know he, he's used to kind of being an, uh, somewhat right. of an other. You know, being a right. you know Muslim American, you know being being a person of color. You know, he, he's used to getting weird looks from time to time. Certainly right. in the military. Right. You know, he, he you know, a lot and then outside of, the military, he feels out of place because you know the rules are really different. Exactly, he's he's comfortable in the military. He's not very comfortable outside, where you know rules are a little different. Rules are a little not present. Mm -hmm. um, he's, I mean, he's kind of a lawful good person in a chaotic neutral world. <laughs> and, I like that. And so, and, and so to have this extra layer of otherness, you yes. know, on top of it is is yes. he's really still trying to wrap his brain around it. And is is Trip following this, or is he following it and not caring, or you know where, where's he at? I think he's. He just kind of I think head? he's. I think he's supremely. He, he's he's a, he's a man spreader. So he's so really he's just, just all about out. himself. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So so Trip gets off, and you know he shakes hands. Uh, he introduces himself as Detective Thu. That's T H I E U. You can hear it. In the, you can hear it in how he pronounces it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he turns and he extends like he sends a hand to shake in this in this manner that means. If I'm not supposed to shake your hand, please don't kill me for being a dick. Look, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and what is what is uh what does Charles do? Oh, he shakes his hand. Like he'll oh, and he'll okay. and he's like, you know, he just kind of really does it kind of that that gingerly like I'm not comfortable yeah. shaking hands kind of thing because he yeah. still doesn't know if he's going to actually crush something when he grabs it. Yeah, and uh, and Theo rose with it. Like to his credit, like he as, as the handshake happens and like some kind of communication takes place. Yeah. You know, and, and it becomes clear that you know it's, it's just some guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Thu, Thu kind of relaxes. And he says, uh, 
I was told to expect the two of you, and I was told that you would have an unusual appearance, so I'm, I'm sorry if I was a little surprised. Uh, welcome to San Francisco. We've had some troubles. I'm glad, I'm glad you're coming out here to help us out. No, I, uh, thank you for the welcome, and uh, we're here to help. Can I get you a bite of anything to eat before we go to the scene? Or anything else you need? No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine, thanks. Okay. And then, uh, do you have a friend, any, any gear you want to grab? Just the basic stuff. Like he's, he's, he's obviously like really used to dealing with people and making things easy on each other. But and he obviously just wants to get working. I understand. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll say you know, we don't need anything right now. We have gear on the plane. We'll uh, we'll offload it as needed. And so uh, he you know he waves to the ground crew. Everybody, everybody handles things. Loads you into a police car. Puts on the lights and sirens just to make it easier to get around town. Uh, it, San Francisco is its usual self, right? It's got all the hills and everything else. It's really pretty. There's a nice mist coming in off of the lake. And Thu informs you, um, the, the place I'm going to take you uh, is actually part of the, the new Mormon town. Okay. And he says that like you should know what that means. Oh, I guess I guess George Tuttle knows what that means, but uh, I guess would either of these two individuals know what that means? I think, I think Tripp would. I'm not sure that Charles would, because Tripp might have been keeping up, right? Sure. Okay. Um, Charles, so, th- yeah. so so Charles is like so Mormon town. That's uh, and he kind of oh. just doesn't really finish his sentence. Uh, he said, "Yeah, after um, and, 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 and Thu interprets this as meaning like how big is Mormon town, right? Sure. Okay. And Thu's like, yeah, after um, this was one of the big places that folks came after Salt Lake City because we have jobs. The land market crashed about a month after the the Great Goo, so it was a little easier to get space, and uh, a bunch of them moved in." They kind of look after each other, right? They're 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 really ordinary immigrant community there, and, and Thu smiles because you know, like he has grandparents who are part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And he says, "But uh, no, that, I mean, but they're super nice. They don't drink, right? <laughs> uh, they're, they're easy to look after, and yeah. we're trying to figure this out. So it, it, it's not too bad. But anyway, they're uh, when Mormons go bad, they go bad hard and fast." He says, and again, it, it sounds like he's saying something like. That he thinks everybody knows, or that like people know now, or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But and, to him, and, this is just a statement, right? I it's understand. Like, you know. Yeah. So he says, um, when when there's a drug house in there, it tends to be pretty terrible, and we tend to keep a pretty close eye on it. And so, and so we were looking at this, and we stopped in, and I'd like you to see it for yourself. Okay. And so he takes you over, and it's this, um, it's this building that was built like around the night, like right after the, the earthquake in the, in the early mm-hmm. part of the century. So it, sure. it's got this kind of cool, semi-Victorian wooden feel to it. The, the foundation is way overbuilt. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Now let's just make a just gigantic stone. Yes, and just it'll be fine then. At least nobody will die, right? Yeah. But it, it obviously very run down. Like it, mm-hmm. it went through two or three bad owners at some point. Yeah. And uh, there, there's police tape around it. There's uh, there's a unit of uh, just a couple of patrol guys just hanging out in front. I think it's a guy and a gal in this case. Yeah, uh, hanging out in front, sipping coffee, babysitting the space. And Thu brings you in and says, you know, uh, you came very fast. We we asked for help twelve hours ago. That that I'm very impressed. Well, we um, have access to resources. <laughs> What's Trip say? Tripp's just kind of you know, checking things out. He's enjoying the, the ambiance. Like, right. This is probably his first time in a Mormon town. And yes. he's just kind of like, so this is what it's like. So it's the very edge of it. Yeah. Uh, Mormon towns are interesting. There's very little advertisement. Um, usually, like, all of the side streets have been built into a little bit because they're, 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 they're kind of into a little more, like, community life than other places. And uh, there are, like, old-style... Um, Laundry lines between between the buildings and things. 
Okay, oh, like yeah. 1900s looking kind of yeah it's the uh and everybody is just super white <laughs> right <laughs> and <laughs> right right so <laughs> well this is all white <laughs> <laughs> and people people uh give you the same looks as most immigrant communities give official people like just a little wary yeah like a and, and a little like you don't something we should know about yeah. kind of thing right They, uh, and it's all, uh, also like there's just a lot of women and kids in the street. Like the, the guys are not really present. Okay. Okay. So uh, you, get in, you get in this building, it's run down, but the bones are good, right? Yeah. And it's odd. And you, having seen movies in which people have done drugs, right, it is just very obviously a drug den, right? It, it's it's kind of trash. There's, yeah. there's like, it looks like a college house that kept going wrong. Yeah. Right, and you know, there's a, a bunch of uh, scrounged furniture and, and things torn up, and you are led down to the basement where uh, there are uh, uh, there's a makeshift morgue, and uh, uh, Thu says the the corners the corners off on a on a break. I, I just talked to him a few minutes ago, but uh, he said it was okay for you to look. Okay. And there are three bodies that are like on gurneys that they managed to haul all the way down to this area. Uh, and, the, and the, they're covered with uh, sheets. And uh, Thu says we didn't feel comfortable bringing these bodies into the nor- in the morgue. So, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, I'm sorry. Just yeah, it's just, just fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. and Tripp's Tripp still just kind of kind of looking around. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, just really taking it in. Absolutely. You know, wow, people really live like this. The uh, the <laughs> stairs creak alarmingly under Charles, but they've been they've been here for a hundred years. They're good for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, taking taking things slow. Yeah, he's not yeah. a he's he's learned not to be a clomper. He kind of takes takes soft steps. Why don't you give me a perception check for trip? Perception. I know. We don't know how to even how to do this. Holy shit! I know it's so exciting. So what the hell is perception? We're gonna learn how to play champions. God damn it! Well, I know how to play champions. I just haven't played in twenty years. I know. So what is what is perception though? I'm I, I'm actually. I see that. sixteen. Where did that come uh, from? It is int based. Okay. It's an int-based roll. And then you can actually buy it as... Um, you can buy it up? Yeah. And okay, I, so yeah, uh, I see trip, trip may, in fact, have better perception. Yeah, it looks I, like it goes on 16, so I've got a 3d6. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. And, and so it's how much you win by, basically. That's fine. All right. So roll mm-hmm. some dice. Let's do it. You do it. I have dice. Do you have dice? Do I need dice? i got to find them. Okay, I'll roll them up. <laughs> I rolled a 11. So I saw I noticed something. Yes, you did. So Trip notices uh, in particular, like usually there aren't drugs around drug houses, uh, easily spotted because they get used, right? <laughs> do, right. Do you spend our drug money on rent again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like you know there's not a box of crackers on the counter kind of thing. Right. No, th- th- those are around, right? Yeah. Uh, and so um, Trip finds next uh, at the I call it the, the couch. Mm-hmm. I don't know the. There's a word for like the little pole at the bottom of the couch that holds the couch up. Leg. That's a word. Leg. Okay, I'm going to edit that whole thing out. You better yeah, follow that away. That's a useful word. Next to the leg of a house. Next to the leg of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he finds English. Uh, do you speak it? 
He finds a half dozen little pills, right? Okay. And all of them are stamped, quote, O, unquote. And I need to be clear. The quote is present. It's ironically stamped, yes. Like the, the pills themselves are stamped in an ironic fashion. Okay. And it says, you know, it just says, quote, un, O, unquote. And it's, there, and, and are, there are three like, actual characters on the thing, and two of yes, them are quotes. Yes, that's correct. Two of them are quotes. And it's like, it's even an open quote and a closed quote. Okay. Yes. And he finds some pills, like, just lying on the ground. So, so do I recognize these at all? You do not. Uh, and you can call, uh, you know, Detective Theo or... Yeah, it's like a detective. Uh, you know, I am certainly not familiar with... Uh, this type of and it's he's clearly like searching for a word right. to, to make it sound like he hasn't read about this on the internet right <laughs> like you know kind of like kind of like when you're around your spouse and right. you're talking about i don't know some weird sex act that right, you like, read like, about casually like it came up right, in something right. oh yeah I, a, I read an article about that like eight months ago on like what's that called it's like when you you know you know that yes. thing like oh i'm not yeah i don't know yeah yeah when you buy a sex wedge or yeah, yeah i'm with you <laughs> What is a sex? No, I gotta be honest. What is a sex yes. wedge? Well, it's okay. So it it, it is a, a a bit of foam that is okay. the right size and shape to lie over or on or something. Oh, to to, to, to assist to you. assist us old, us olds and actually managing the same position. Ah, oh, fair enough. <laughs> Noted. After after I thought that one away, <laughs> and then pretend like I didn't file it away when it comes up later with Erica. <laughs> Outstanding. So well, I've, anyway. I've read about these on the internet. On the internet, they're well they're well reviewed on Amazon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we found a sex wedge. Yes, uh, a sex wedge, and it's stamped O on the sex wedge. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I'll say you know, detective. So Thu comes over and he's like, uh, you know, I, I found these. I'm not sure what these are. And he looks a little embarrassed that they didn't find it, but it's on a, it's on a different floor from the bodies, right? So sure. and and you know they haven't had a chance to go through yet, basically. Right. And he says, "Oh crap! I didn't think that had hit Mormontown yet." You know, Charles. At this point, Charles is you know if he had ears, they'd be perked up, but he doesn't. He's got right. random you know microphone like you know ear fields. Yeah, uh, they they swivel mechanically. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, "What what did we find here?" Uh, this is O, says Thu, and you know, with, with, with some like smirkiness, you know, knowledge of. Yeah, well, so so and, and Charles does that 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 kind of head tilt of like, seriously, look at me. Do I know what this is talking about? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing, like you know, like if he was wearing glasses, he'd be looking over the glasses. Like, what the hell is O? As far you know, as that's what he as far as say we that. can tell, it is a synthetic opiate, but we don't know how it's produced. We don't know how it's manufactured, and. Is hard to overdose on. So we find it okay. uh, places we never find someone who has died from it. Okay. Oh, so absolutely this is not. not. It, it is a separate thing. But I mean, these deaths. So opiates are bad, and they will hurt you, and they will tear your body to bits, and that is part of why they are bad. But anything that makes it easy to stop feeling bad, people will get used to real quick. And these are Mormons, and they don't drink. Sure. So we've been all really hoping they don't find this. Right. So we've been all really hoping they don't. Now, you know, the triple speak up. He's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but uh, I thought Mormons uh, don't uh, do drugs. 
in addition do, to not doing do, alcohol or and he's yeah. kind of he does that thing where he kind of like do, you know do, like, gives him a look and he's like I, they're not supposed to do, 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 like, but we're law enforcement so, you know implying we, we deal with people who do things they're not supposed to do that's that's our that's, it's kind of our kuleana trip, yeah i know okay, okay, no, but trip's not letting it go he kind of raises his finger like like yeah he's like well they're not supposed to drink alcohol but they don't you know they could drink alcohol instead of taking and he, and he does a little and like, hand quote. Oh. I'm just imagining Trip like stretching his so fingers out why to do an especially large quote and letting it go. Yeah. Yes. And and, and 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 unevenly. Like like yes. the fingers on one hand are a little longer than the fingers on the other, and in different ways. Like the middle yes. finger on one hand is longer than the index finger, and it's oh, the opposite on the other. Like his lips stretch out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like a fish and, uh, that they kind of so read. um. Like, Thu, to his credit, blinks once, and then just rolls with it, right? And he says, it's easier to get and harder to smell in the breath. It seems legit. And he kind of, kind of, yeah, that's cool. He, he's satisfied. He kind of does that <laughs> more, like, you know, eh. yeah, that Obama lips. His lips. Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah, he says oh, that's Fair evidence. Enough, you know, seems legit. He pulls out a baggie, yeah. right, and takes a, takes a picture, pulls out a baggie, and, and puts it in the baggie. Okay, and uh, puts it in his pocket, and you know, labels it. He says, I'm, "I'm sorry, let's go look at those bodies." So you go downstairs, and uh, I'm going to okay. give you the, the, the basic thing, which is it's it's three people who have not who have lived unwell, who, who have not lived comfortably. Um, it's actually uh, two of them are people of color. Right. This isn't necessarily people who are from Mormon Town. They ended up here. Because Mormons have kind of a look, which is a well cared for look, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and these guys these guys are not that. And they and Thu says that these guys are queer homeless. All of them look like they died of cancer. <laughs> like this their their bodies are just withered in a way that implies that they've been fighting terrible illness for a very long time. Does that make sense? Thu says I Yes. He pulls out, a, pulls out a smartphone with like a little like dossier in each of these guys. He says these guys are queer homeless. They've been in and out of the hospital. We kind of know these guys. Uh, and you go looking through, and one's like thirty-three, one's fifty. Uh, you know, the other one's in his mid-forties, right? And and there's just no indication of mm -hmm. cancer. It's all like, you know, like alcohol poisoning or a little bit of exposure right. or you know, uh, took took the brown acid that kind of yeah. stuff. It, 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 Right. No, nothing that would wither they're, they're them or age them prematurely. Pretty freaking harmless on a very deep level. So it's, how much is a well, Charles has traveled, right? Yeah. So there's a guy with Pacific Island tattoos, like so he knows what those are, yes. like the, the little triangles and things, and he looks like a Pacific Island sure. guy. He's like, this is not, these are not ironically, yeah. yeah, yeah, he knows everybody. And obviously, being in the military, yeah, being in the military, exactly. he yeah, he, so Charles he is exactly what this, this, this is some guy from States. one of the South Pacific Islands, but th that that is his deal, and then uh and right. Yes, he's there, and then there's an African American guy, and then there is a um, like a white dude that is well tanned. If that makes sense, close to Charles's color. Those are the three, and then all of them like mm -hmm. yeah, their rap sheets are all mm -hmm. like dudes who had problems, but were basically getting by. There's no there's no assaults. There's no like serious theft. Okay. Who wants to look at them, and what do they want to roll? Oh. Well, uh, mm -hmm. Charles will look at them because he's you know, kind of in charge. charge. Of, of no pun intended. I've been told. You know, I the thing is, I want Charles in charge of me. You know, I 
And Charles will kick your ass if you make a Charles in charge joke. That's right. You have to roll, roll to avoid. <laughs> I have to roll. I, I tell you, can we? Yes, please. Why don't we Absolutely. put the game on pause for a minute? Can we check on the girls and then I can look for the girls. Hi, this is Michael. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Get and Loser, We're Going Adventuring. We're playing Champions Complete, which is built off of the 6th edition hero system rules. I'd like to thank Brad Podre for our intro, interstitials, and outro music, and SoundCloud for the occasional drops. Special thanks to Joanna, Rachel, and Rubby for voice work on the newscast. You can find us at GetAndLoserWGA at Twitter, or email us at GetAndLoserWe'reGoingAdventuring at gmail.com. Tell your friends. Tell us what you liked and what didn't work for you. Thanks, and go play games. Bye. So it's taken a long time. It's kind of boring, but it needs to be done. Everybody, everybody brush your teeth. All right, they're they're somewhere, but I don't know where the hell they are.